0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking summer league. The Blazers held on to beat the Charlotte Hornets to improve to two and one after three games in Vegas. Shane Sharp had his best quarter of, of the summer, uh, finishing strong in the fourth quarter to bring the Blazers home. I want to talk about the Blazers' young forwards, Chris Murray and Jabari Walker, and then the rest of the guys back half of the roster who could make that transition from summer league standouts to players on the Blazers' G League team. The virtues of finally having a real developmental system, the Blazers might be able to cash in thanks to joining the rest of the league with a G League program. But let's let's start here talking shade and sharp because he was finally really good finished with uh, the team high 26 points grabbed four boards and played about 32 minutes in this one Um, I have mentioned in the past I'm not heavy on summer league box score stuff Um, I think the like I think maybe the the way it happens is is more valuable than like what actually happens but after um you know i thought sharp was pretty good in the first half with when he played scoot henderson with scoot henderson in game 1 of the summer league then he had kind of a stinker second half and looked really just exhausted at the end of game 1 then he was straight up bad in game 2 he was just very bad um, kind of just like didn't look like he had the juice to play uh, to play basketball, so he needed to bounce back, right? Like I don't needed to. I don't want to change. He's gonna be fine. Like he's gonna get to play a whole bunch of minutes if he struggles all of summer league. But I think um, for for Blazers fans comfort level and for sort of Shane Sharp's own own sort of trajectory he he needed to have a good game uh, i had said prior to uh the start of summer league that one of I, th- I think a reasonable goal for Shaden sharp would be too good to be here type of thing where it's just like he plays so well in the first two or three games that they say okay you're done for the week he hasn't been that he needs to play like i think he'll play he'll continue to play because he needs to play he just needs to p- play a bunch of organized basketball Now um, you know he's his path was unique to get to the league so he just needs more seasoning and he hasn't proved to be so 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 darn good in the summer league setting that you're like okay you're cool um go sit down some of that is just lack of uh, point guard some of that is maybe just um the shape he's in uh but he's he, he needs more seasoning and then in the fourth quarter he took over of this game um he he was struggling though early like it wasn't like um, it wasn't like he came out on fire. He had nine points on three of 11 shooting through three quarters. Like he had another quiet first three quarters. He really just had a bad third quarter. Honestly, he was like fine in the first half, but not super loud. And then he just struggled in the third as the Blazers as a whole struggled. They spent five minutes without making a field goal in that third quarter. Like the offense just really sputtered. And Shaden Sharp was part of that really sputtering offense. But a thing that I had mentioned in the previous episode that I thought the Blazers did a much better job of in the second half was getting Shane Sharp catches on the move. He does not have, surprising to me, he does not have this crazy first step burst. Like if you stand in front of him, he does not have that sort of Ja Morant, um Like, okay, you can't guard me because if I take one step either way, I'm in. I'm into the paint, and then I can use my athleticism there. Uh, Shane Sharp is smooth. Like he's got he's got that that syrupy buttery moves. Uh, young pancakes out here. Like he he gets to his spots he kind of moves at his pace he can he's fluid getting into his jumper when he has time and space to do so but he's not blowing past people like he's not catching it sizing you up and just like ha, too too slow and like blowing past you when he does have runway to make moves he can jump higher than everyone else in the building like he's an he's a really wild athlete but he, he doesn't, that explosive first step with the ball in his hands is not there. So the way to kind of maximize his gifts is to get him on the move, get him a catch when he's moving because then he can continue that momentum and he's big and strong and like he can, he, he can get himself where he wants to go. And again, like if he gets space to load up and jump, nobody's jumping with him. Um, and and uh, the Blazers did a much better job in the second half, I thought, of getting Shaden catches on the move he had uh they ran a play for him to get a dribble handoff on the weak side with uh with do up where he's you know could start in the corner came up to get a handoff whole empty side this is like a concept they wrote that every team in the nba runs basically an empty side pick and roll which means that three other guys are on the opposite side of the court and the empty the the corner is totally empty so you can't send help from that corner it, it just it, it it's Catching it on the move with it on the empty side gave Shaden Sharp a chance to get himself to the paint. They ran like a weak side um, uh, similar action where they ran they ran a DHO for him into the, into the middle of the court. It wasn't an empty corner, but it was a very similar action where he catches it on the move. He didn't score on that one, but again, it was like he was he looked more fluid getting himself space. He had a good cut from the, th- from the weak side in the corner um, that he... That, uh, he really made his uh made his hay with early on in his career in the in, in the league where he's like starts in the corner and then just works that baseline as a good cutter him moving off the ball and him catching it on the move is what makes him most dangerous but again through three quarters he's kind of struggling then the fourth quarter came and he was no longer struggling really started when he got a steel run out dunk um this is like an old adage from uh you know basketball from maybe another time from my youth is like you got to just see the ball go in it's like maybe get some free throws and see the ball go in i think Shaden sharp is the reverse of that he needs a dunk he needs to see he needs to dunk the ball and then find his his rhythm because after that dunk he really got going like he was just like okay i'm awake and 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 um and really got going he had a lefty finish in traffic in um in out of the pick and roll where he got himself to his left hand, finished through contact. Um, In general, like he finished, he had 17 in the fourth quarter, uh, but three of those were free throws that came in in like the foul game at the end. So really he had 13 to kind of put the game away, including a crucial three-pointer with under 30 seconds left. Blazers up one, comes off a screen, sees that they're playing in drop coverage, hops back and hits a smooth-looking three-pointer. And I think that is the theme for me for Shaden Sharp against drop coverage or ice coverage where 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 they're not up at the level of the screen either teams like in straight like deep drop against him because they're, they're worried about him being too fast or um or just kind of icing the screen which is when you kind of send the try to send the guy away from the pick keep him on one side of the floor but typically the big is going to be back a little bit in those ice coverages he's um Shane Sharp kills that he kills that if you do not come up and pressure the ball he's He's fluid getting to where he wants to go. He can get downhill. He can finish around the rim with both hands. He's comfortable in the mid-range. Or more comfortable is snaking the screen, which is like accepting the screen and then cutting back into the direction where the screen was. So you're moving like a snake in that zigzag pattern. Um, And getting himself a jumper, typically behind the three-point line. Did it in the first half as well. If you drop or don't come up to the level of the screen against Shaden Sharp, he's comfortable and he can get into what he wants to do. But twice in the fourth quarter, the Hornets straight up trapped him, like put pressure defense against him, and he once he lost the ball and gave up a dunk, the other time he had to get rid of it, the Blazers actually scored because Shaden Sharp pulled out, got rid of it, and except the double team, and you've got a, an open teammate. Um, but I think this is an interesting thing for the future, for Shaden Sharp, um, because he's going to see pressure defense. Like if the Blazers go as young as we assume they're going to go, um, whether Damian Lord is part of the plan via some sort of awful holdout situation, or he just gets traded to another team. Uh, I think we know where he wants to go, Uh, but it is, sharp is going to see defensive attention. Like they're not going to say like, Oh, the Blazers are young. We're not going to play hard against them or whatever. He's going to get this type of defensive attention. And that seeing it on tape where it's like his handle is not quite strong enough against pressure defense. Go get him. And he's not this like elite passer. So go get him when he has the ball, like put pressure on him, send two to the ball, make him get off it and all that stuff. I think that's coming for Shaden sharp. Um, you know, he mentioned in an interview on Casey Holdall's podcast, uh, the briefcase that he was working on his handle this summer, uh, it's got to get better. It's got to get, that's, that's for me, the next step for him on offense is to be, um, is to be just have a tighter handle so he can get where he wants to go. Or if not, even if it's like six combo dribble moves like Kyrie Irving or whatever, just, just, Strong with the ball in either hand, so when the pressure comes, you can say, "Okay, I'll get you know, I can, I can get out of here, escape dribble with my right hand, escape dribble with my left hand, just to get free and make a pass and keep it moving and not let double teams, because because Shaden just like doesn't want to dribble with his left hand in pressure situations, and they sat on his right hand and stole the ball from him. He's good going to his left downhill. He just isn't there. He's just not quite there yet." but this is what you wanted to see a 13 or 17.4th quarter, 14 or 17.4th quarter, depending how you want to score it scored in the clutch when they needed needed him to score. He was the guy who scored. He was the offense who brought them home. Um, this is, this was the shade and sharp you wanted to see. And he was really good in the final six minutes of this game. Um, I think in general, you see the things he needs to work on. I do not think he's been good on defense at all in summer league. Uh, it's summer league. I'm not too worried about it, but um, improving his um, improving his handle and spending the the Blazers getting him into more catches when he's on the move are going to maximize what he does. Uh, I think playing with um, Scoot Henderson is going to help him. I think playing with Anthony Simon is going to help him. Two guys who can manipulate on the ball and like. Draw some defense, draw some attention, so Sharp can work off of those two guys. I think in the regular season he's going to look, I don't know, better because the quality of competition is better. But I think he's capable of doing more with slightly, slightly improved teammates. Uh, and I, I absolutely think we will see him, see him be better. But I, I think in general, this is you need, you wanted to see Shaden Sharp be have a summer league game where he was the Blazers best player and it was unequivocal down the stretch here that he was the Blazers best player i think there was someone else who deserves at least some credit and that was chris murray this was he had i thought he had had a a quiet game one a non-existent game two and then he was pretty darn good in this in game three like he was he made his three pointers it was pretty darn good i want to talk about talk about him i want to talk a little bit about jabari walker the two young forwards in the second segment but first i want to tell you about bird dogs comfortable shorts that's that's the the real trick of them they make pants too but i they they were kind enough to send us over some shorts i'm rocking the shorts they're comfortable because they they're just like stretchy, made with um, the type of fabric that, that lets you be active without looking like you're wearing super athletic shorts. They fit way better than your regular cotton shorts because they're not sort of boxy and square. They are, they fit your legs nicely. Uh, they, lo- they make you look good and they feel good. They're versatile and comfortable. What more could you want? Plus, they got anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So when you're rocking them out in the Portland summer, you're not going to end up all sweaty. You're going to end up comfy and... And still looking good all day long so why not go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba or enter the promo code locked on nba for a free yeti style tumbler with your purchase that's birddogs.com locked on nba or promo code locked on nba for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you all right Let's talk about the young forwards. Chris Murray was really good in this game. Um, I thought he was really good early on on the move. Um, the Blazers ran a couple sets for him in that second quarter, where uh, horns, which is when you get two players that start at the at the free, at, uh, opposite corners of the free throw line, the two elbows, and they run actions from there. The Blazers usually run a lot of sort of cross screens or cross screen to set up just like a simple ball screen but actions out of horns to kind of get the defense to guard and be in motion and two different actions out of that same look got Chris Murray catches on the move. And when he got going on the move to his strong preferred left hand, he's left-handed Keegan is right-handed. We're going to hear that a lot. His twin brother. Um, they didn't mention on the broadcast, how much he, they weren't surprised on the broadcast today or excuse me on, on Tuesday about how much Chris Murray looks like his brother Keegan. They have been in recent NBA broadcasts. They're identical twins. Y'all they're identical twins, but uh, you know, getting him on the move, To his left hand, I thought early on looked really good. He missed a couple spot ups he could make in that first half. And I thought it was like, yeah, he's another guy who's like, you know, shooting is kind of the question mark for him in college. He could score out of the post. He's got a lot of versatile offensive game, but he wasn't this knockdown shooter and he's not the knockdown shooter that his brother is. And it's like, if he's going to be, you know, the reason that Keegan is like a really high level pick is because he can, he has all this like varied offense plus the shooting and shooting is the separator in the NBA. Shout out to Phil Beckner. Um, but the question mark for Murray was, could he shoot? And I thought early in the game, even getting clean spot up looks, um, he wasn't making them. And it's like, dang, that's that's to me, that's going to be the thing that kind of limits his, um, his year one like effectiveness. I don't think that him not shooting well in Vegas has really pertains much to his whole career. But like for the most part he profiles as like a high end role player. And if you're a high end role player who can't shoot in the league, you're a low end role player. I mean, that's just that's the nature of the way the sport works for now is you got to be able to shoot it to be unless you're like a high usage on ball dude, you got to be able to shoot it to get like real minutes to play or you need to be um, an insanely good defensive player and young players typically aren't that but in the second half, Murray made threes. Like he finished four of seven from deep. Like if he's going to shoot that well, that's a really nice shooting night. Um, he can get it done. I thought he was competitive, if not super effective on defense. He's got um, he, he he has a sense of where to be on offense in terms of like chasing down rebounds and stuff like that. And he plays hard. And I thought the knock for me on him in game two was like what did he do? I just didn't notice him. You know, I didn't like, it was just like, he didn't do anything. He's just kind of floating around the perimeter and kind of figuring out where he gets, where he fits in. And some of that is just like the point guard, Michael DeVoe, who who again played for Scoot Henderson, who did not play in this game. I can't imagine Scoot Henderson plays again in summer league, but bummer, but it is what it is. But it's like, Michael Devoe had 29 in, the, in game two. So it's like the dude who's coming down the court as the point guard was shooting a lot. So it was like, where, where is Chris Murray going to like get in? Where you like, where's he going to fit in finding where you fit in with a guy who had, yeah, probably played very much with, um, you played a little bit with, but certainly more familiar with scoot, um, in terms of just like working out at the facility, et cetera, et cetera. And like prioritizing, getting the young guys together, the same rookie class together, uh, and scootch is a way better natural passer than Devoe, and and I think Murray in Game Two looked just confused about where he was going to be impactful. In Game Three, he didn't wait around; he was aggressive. They ran stuff for him in the first half, a couple actions for him in the first half to get him going, and he was he was really good. He was really good. He was effective, you know, chasing the ball down on on as as a rebounder. He was he was active and. Um, He was active and aggressive. You know, he didn't make his free throws or whatever, which, uh, or whatever. He didn't make his free throws. And I guess that's whatever. But like, make make your free throws, young man. Uh, That's, that's, we need you. But I thought this was by far Murray's best game. It's by far Murray's best game. And that's what you want to see. Young players, okay, pretty good in game one. Down to game two, figuring out where you fit in game three and working with the coaching staff to kind of get you into better spots. Um, every, it's summer League for everybody, right? Like Jonah Herskew and, and Rodney Billups and, and Jim Moran, the Blazers coaching staff in Summer League. They're also like trying to get better and figuring out how you utilize the players you want to make sure are getting utilized is how you get better. Speaking of young forwards. Jamari Walker looked pretty good in this game, but not in the, like, I think he looked pretty good, and I think this might be a weird thing to say, I think he looked pretty good failing. They put him on Brandon Miller a bunch, and the number two overall pick (laughs) playing for the Charlotte Hornets went off. 26 points on 8 of 15 shooting, Um, he had some highlight dunks, he got free for jumpers, he was he looks like the dude who's going to be really good in the league. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's why they drafted him number two overall. Um, I think there was a real, from Blazers fans, a real sort of sending him Sam Bowie vibes, like, buoy this fool (laughs) take that mj uh listener adam uh, shout out to you adam thanks for the email sent me an email saying that it was like some sort of poetic karma that brandon miller would have that would be the sam buoy to scoot henderson's mj uh and noting that saying scoot henderson's mj is maybe is maybe like a little too far but but the sort of the karmic idea of it was there and that was before the game started and brandon miller was like really good in this game and i was like oh no more karma but um I, they they put Jabari Walker on him. Uh, Murray guarded him a little bit too, but they put Jabari Walker on him. And thanks to the the magic of microphones and the like relatively quiet gym, I was able to hear the Blazers coaching staff screaming at Jabari to sit down on defense. They want him to sit down in his stance and really guard. Um, I don't think he guarded him. like I don't think he stopped him that well, but I think he was competitive and I love this for Summer League. Hey, Jabari Walker. Right now, the way the roster looks, you're going to play 22 minutes a night starting game one. Like things might change. Obviously, there's like this big outstanding trade of a certain player on the roster that could change change the way that the sort of complexion of how things look. But like if you just look at the, the roster right now, I think Jabari Walker is going to play a ton of minutes and kind of has to play a ton of minutes. So like putting him on like you're going to try to guard. You're going to play like the amorphous forward role where they have a big scoring wing Um uh, you know, I, I think Brandon Miller could end up playing two early in his career, but he's like six nine. He's a three. Like he's eventually a wing in the NBA, or or, or if twos and threes and fours are probably all wings the way the league works. Point guards, big men, wings in the middle. Um, but like it is asking Jabari Walker to guard like a high usage offensive star wing is like. You know he's not going to guard like Kawhi Leonard for 35 minutes when the when the Clippers come to town or whatever. But um, it's because Kawhi's not going to play 35 minutes when the Clippers go to town. But putting him on, giving him this assignment, at summer league is perfect. I love it. I love the idea of it. It's like go. Walker does the things he does well. He can rebound. Um, like I said, he has really good passing instincts. He might not be a good passer necessarily, but he has really good passing instincts because he's a high IQ player, plays hard, gets after it, good touch in the paint, not much of a shooter yet, but can get there. That'll be the, that'll be a big thing for him. But like, clearly understands how to play basketball. But the way that he's going to be on the floor is being impactful on the other end as well. Be unpa- I mean, he's just going to play regardless if they go super young. But uh the next step for him would be really impactful on defensive end and since because of his size he's probably not this like weak side shot blocking monster he's going to have to guard the ball in front of him and you want him to be able to guard the ball in front of him and i think putting him on brandon miller and letting him struggle was great it's great hearing the the coaching staff yell at him to sit down which is like um for those of you maybe not familiar like get down in your stance bend your knees don't guard straight up like bend your knees get your butt down um and like hearing him them yell Jabari sit down Jabari sit down and like really get after him to guard and guard aggressively with the ball's in front of him i love it i love it i love it it's what summer league's all about putting players who you think are going to be part of the plan in in the fall right letting them expand their game either sometimes it's like hey you're not going to get the opportunity to do this in in uh, the regular season so you're going to we're going to give you like a bunch of chances to run pick and roll or iso or whatever on offense or it's like hey we really want you to be able to do this in the fall so summer league is where you're going to see if you can do it and giving Jabari that opportunity and saying and and like hearing the coaches really get after him with that opportunity. I loved it. I loved it. I think it's um I think it's legitimately exactly why how teams should use summer league and I'm I'm super glad that the Blazers um gave him that chance, right? I'm super glad the Blazers said okay you know, sink or swim, you're going to guard the best player, particularly down the stretch, you're going to guard their best player and be competitive. Jabari Walker, who at times was competitive, at times got roasted, and that's exactly, exactly how Summer League should look, in in my opinion. Uh, let's talk about the other guys. I think some there's some players on the end of the Blazers Summer League rotation that have a chance to be uh, part of the G League mix, so to speak. They're mi- future mixers, potentially. Let's talk about them to close the show, but first, I want to tell you that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. There are a lot of ways to pursue therapy. Uh, BetterHelp is one of the most convenient and affordable ways to do so. And therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want as you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement that you are doing the things that you Want to do. You're making decisions that align with your values. The more you practice it, the easier it gets, and BetterHelp can help you practice those things. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Locked today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash Locked on NBA. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk about the path from Vegas to North Portland. Vegas to St. John's, baby. The Blazers have a G League team. Thank goodness. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to the Allen Estate for ponying up to make it happen. And Joe Cronin for really saying, hey, we want this to get done in eight months or whatever uh, and we're going to go with a you know a bare bones staff if we need to but we want this developmental um, program here more signs that Cronin was planning a rebuild but hey that's for all the other days today we're talking today it's positivity only but um, there are some players the back of the Blazers summer league roster that I think are going to be legitimately good uh, mixers, that's the Rip City Remix. Players who play for the, the Remix are, of course, known as Mixers, according to Basketball Gabe and this podcast. It is canon now. But um, one of those guys is already on the roster, Michael DeVoe, who started at point guard in place of uh, Scoot Henderson yet again. And DeVoe had 29 in, in the in the, uh, in the Blazers' second summer league game, and it's like, yeah, dude's a bucket. Like that's what he did in college. Like he's a third team All ACC performer. Played four years of college, average 18 a game, and it, it, you know in the ACC, like, dude's a bucket. That's what he does. He scores. He's lefty, uh, lefty with a with a good shooting stroke, and can get to the rim, and has just like has real offensive game. But he's not really a point guard, and the Blazers played him at point guard, and I thought in the second game. He did not see his teammates particularly well. But in in true job interview fashion, Michael DeVoe set his teammates up really, really well to begin the game. Like absolutely was clearly it. It's never been more clear that Michael DeVoe went back in the Blazers off day. You know, that they probably had a little practice, and he sat with one of the coaches and they looked at his film a little bit and they said yeah, you missed this roll. You missed this roll and this miss roll. I know you missed. I know you scored twenty nine points, but you should have had twenty four and seven assists instead of twenty nine and two assists. Whatever it was, I don't know the box score from that other game. But it's like clearly they discussed f- playing like more traditional point guardy type stuff with Devoe. And so in that first quarter, I thought he operated really well as like a guy who was looking to set up his teammates um, in pick and roll action, in um, you know out of pick and roll spraying it around the court. Like he clearly clearly was putting an emphasis on saying, I can pass. I can pass. I can operate. I'm a point guard. I can, you know, I can play both guard spots. I'm not just a score. I have other skills. Uh, late in the game, he kind of went back to like, we need to score. I'm going to go try to score. But particularly early on that first half, Devoe was very clearly had the, the f- very serious job interview energy. Uh, first day on the job energy where he's like, I'm going to prove that my weaknesses are actually my strengths. And he played well. Um, like I'm, I'm joking because it was like the the energy was so obvious, like the attention was so obvious. But he played well. Like I'm not, I don't think he played poorly. I'm not. Uh, I laugh about stuff on here because I enjoy the sport. Um, but he, like he he's on the remix roster right now. Um, the Blazers, you know, they had an expansion draft to create the roster. I think they'll finalize it. It was get closer into the season. Guys will get cut and moved around and all those things. But Devoe seems like a lock to be part of the Blazers plan and part of the remix and. He'll be worth watching at the trial center when the Blazers play at the university of Portland in the fall. Like he'll be worth watching. He can score developing as a passer. He's fun. Um, I don't think he's probably an NBA player right now, although it could be the, like the, I said this a lot of times and I guess it's worth repeating here again. I, the, I think the first like 150 or 200 spots in the league are really like the best players in the world. And there's nobody who can touch those first 150 spots, but the back half of the NBA, the back half of the like NBA benches is like 300 spots plus two-way jobs. Um, I think those 300 spots could be occupied by something like 3,000 people across the globe. It's it's a competitive league to stay in. DeVoe is certainly one of those people who could be like the 15th dude on an NBA bench. For right now, I think kill it in the G League and earn your spot. But like Specifically with the Blazers, like a scoring guard is not really what they need. That's like There's just not room for that. But he's going to be worth watching in in the G League. Um, I am wondering what the Blazers do with Duopreath. I can't, it's hard for me to imagine that the G League is a better route for him than continuing to play professionally in Australia. Um, but he's like, I guess it's like put it like this. Currently, as the Blazers are constructed, Reith would be their best, their second best center, right? Like he would he would have a a role. We'll see what happens when they get close to the season. What they decide to do with those big men spots. I think Joe Cronin is allowed to add people to the roster that are taller than six foot nine. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. He will because he just hasn't in a couple years. But I do believe league rules allow him to add tall players to the roster. Um, someone will have to check the CBA to see if Joe Crone is specifically allowed to add players taller than six foot nine to the roster. If they are, send me an email, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com to confirm that they legally are allowed to. If they're not, you know what happens, and they'll just make the whole thing out of guards. Um, that's obviously the approach they've taken so far. So we'll, we'll see. But if they are legally allowed to do it, like like based on how they're currently constructed would be their clearly their second best center i don't know if he's an nba player i think his lateral movement is a little bit questionable but he's got some stuff like he's gigantic he can rebound he likes to shoot it from the outside like um i think he's a pro i just don't know if he's a pro in in the league and i don't i think playing for the remix in the G League might be a worse job than playing professionally in Australia, um, financially and opportunity-wise. So uh, I don't know if he would accept a G League role, but I think if he would really intriguing player to, to bring into the G league and have kind of like a, Hey, call him up when you need him or sign him to a end of the year contract or whatever it might be. Like he, you know, he's 27. He kind of is what he is probably, you know, guys don't usually make massive leaps after their 27th birthday in terms of, in terms of being good, but team guys get better. Like Damian Lillard just had his best season of his career at 32. Um, I'm familiar with Steve Nash's exploits after his 29th birthday. Like it happens. Um, I guess both those guys are like Hall of Fame level point guards, not like journeyman centers, but you get the idea. Uh, Reith, com- Reith has shown me enough stuff that I am interested in if, if he would be willing to join the Blazers G League team to absolutely create a spot for him with the caveat that like currently on the Blazers NBA team, there's a spot for him. So maybe he wants that. But I think what the blazers decide to do like with the Dame trade and filling out the roster and all that I think that matters um and and Reith is Reith is good enough to 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 like I said, good enough to play pretty high level professional basketball is just where he wants to do it I think is the question um Ab ba- ibubaji ibubaji just <sighs> still kind of figuring out where he fits in. I think he's going to play for the remix and I think it's going to be fun. And I think that's a really good, like I think just like getting him a bunch of minutes in the G league is going to be super valuable for him. Um, You know, when the ball's right in front of him, he blocks shots. He doesn't move laterally well. Um, To me, he like stands in the right spot, but then if he needs to take a step and a half to his, to his right or his left, he's not fast enough to do it right now. On offense, he took a bunch of jumpers early in the game, which I kind of liked. It's like, yeah, shoot it. Who cares? Um, They didn't go in, but it's like (laughs) – but – you know if he's like if he's someone who can shoot mid-range jump shots that that is at least intriguing although you know you got to make them to be able to shoot them but he had one pass early in the first half where he caught it at the free throw line defenders came crashing into his body and he swung it out to the corner it was not an assist because i believe Jabari Walker who's who caught it missed a three but that's the kind of decision making you need to see like that's to me that was the best play Jabari or uh, Ibubaji made in the in this game on offense was like catch it Swing it to the opposite corner. That's like exactly the type of quick decision-making with, without, without, um, you know, with, with staying ahead of the defense that you want to see. Um, I think he's big enough to be impactful on defense because size really matters, but I, I just haven't seen it from him. Put him in the, re- put him in the G league. Let, let's see what he has. See what he, absolutely. Let's see what he has. The other guy I want to talk about for potential G leaguers. And then we'll get out of here as, as I'm running a little long on this show is Justin Mania. Um, he plays hard. He, he was on the Blazers roster at the end of the season during the super, super duper tankathon. Um I don't think he has enough offensive skills to be uh, an NBA player right now, but if he plays hard, he had a, he's had a couple steals, including a run out steal in game two. That was, it had a big dunk. Um, but like, he had a, he stole an inbound pass in game three like he's he's he, he's com- competitive and interested on defense and I think that matters and he's um you know he was he scored nine points in the first half and made all the shots and hit it, and uh you know missed a free throw in there but like which uh or no he made the free throw rather excuse me but like he you know he's he's pretty he's pretty limited offensively on what he can do in a half court setting but I like his size. I like how hard he plays and I like his defensive instincts to me. That is the exact type of dude who you'd want in the G league. And that's what summer league is about, right? It's about identifying players for your sort of developmental program. In the past, the Blazers haven't had a developmental program. So it's like, yeah, we like this dude. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Like, bye. See you later. Now they actually have a place to like offer these guys minutes, right? Um, not everyone is not going to work for everyone in the G league. Um, because there might be better opportunities to play professional basketball in other leagues where you make more money. But, uh, being part of a direct affiliate of a team in town where you get to work with the Blazers coaching staff, they're going to practice at the Blazers practice facility. Like it's, it's very, it's a step away from the league in a way that is very real there. You're not um, out there in Sioux Falls or whatever, although the Heat have utilized their G League team really well, obviously. Uh, But like, I think Maniah would be someone I would want the Blazers to take a look at in the G League because I think he is the perfect sort of developmental guy. Back when it was known as the develop, NBA Developmental League, he's he's exactly who you'd want to be. So I think there are guys who I'm watching in summer league right now who I say like, well, we'll see what the Blazers do with the back half of the roster. But if there aren't roster spots for him, absolutely stick them in the stick them in the in the mixers roster and find out what you got because now you finally have an opportunity to find out what you got. All right. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you listening. Tell your friends about the program. We'll be back because we do this every single weekday. So come back and listen to tomorrow's show. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.